Hello, it's Beth Kempton, author of Freedom Seeker and founder of Do What You Love. Welcome to the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. If you're new here, you can find out more about me and my work at bethkempton.com. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles is a place for brave stories, real inspiration, actionable advice, and great conversations. So many of us build lives that end up trapping us, chasing the kind of success that doesn't actually make us happy, until one day we eventually realize that enough is enough. We want to do things our way. We want to manifest our own happiness. We want to escape, make our own rules, and fly free. Because deep down we know it's in flying free that we fulfill our true potential and we really come alive. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles podcast is a regular dose of escape elixir to reignite that desire and light the way. I define freedom as the willingness and ability to choose your path and live life as your true self. In this podcast, the stories will inspire that willingness and in my book, Freedom Seeker, you'll find all the tools you need for that ability. The rest is up to you. If you haven't yet read my book, you can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble and all good independent bookstores. It's the perfect companion to this podcast. And if you've read it and you're here for more inspiring stories, welcome friend, you're in for a treat. So let's dive in. Today, I'm chatting with Jess Van Den, a silversmith from Australia who makes beautiful jewellery from her solar-powered studio north of Brisbane, and also heads up Thriver Circle, a community of makers sharing knowledge and experience to help each other thrive. Jess and her husband Nick work together in their business and also consciously carve out time for adventure, whether that's their regular Wednesday morning hike or a month-long trip around Australia in their converted transit van. I caught up with Jess to find out more about how she's created so much freedom and flexibility in her life, and I am so happy to share this with you today. Hi Jess, welcome to the show. Hey Beth, how are you? I'm really, really good, and I'm excited to talk to you because I know that you are living a life that many people dream of. Um, I'm sure it's not always been easy to set things up uh, to allow the kind of freedom that you have right now. But I have so many questions for you um, and I'm really inspired by what you've done and the things that you've put in place for yourself. So I'm really happy to have you on today. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to talk about all things freedom related because it is kind of my number one driver in life. So, yeah. I saw that on your website. I was checking out all of your beautiful jewellery um, and all the other things you do. And we'll come to those in a moment. But something really stuck out for me, apart from the fact that freedom was one of your top values, which was the phrase, we don't make jewellery, we make memories out of sterling silver. <laughs> I love that so much. Can you just maybe share a bit more about the kind of the heart and soul behind your business and where that came from? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a few years ago. um, I actually read a wonderful book by Bernadette Jiwa and she writes about business and it was called The Fortune Cookie Principle. And she in there, she really talks about um, how to tell your story and your business story and and, and get that across to people. And when I kind of read that and went through that, I sort of Really, rather than, you know, sometimes when we start business, we kind of get stuck in that business speak. You know, we, we write what we think we should write rather than actually writing from the heart, perhaps. 
And so I really tried to kind of re-look at our business and, and look at what it was really all about underneath it all, you know, because anyone can make jewellery, really. Um, millions of people make jewellery. But why do we do it and what what is important about us about it to us? And that's kind of where that idea came from that. And it came out of talking with my customers. You know, they they tell me stories of the what the piece meant to them or how it how they'd used it in their life or worn it. And of course, at this stage, we were starting to really focus in on specialising in uh, wedding rings, sterling silver wedding rings, and that's of course a very important piece of jewellery, probably the most meaningful piece of jewellery most people will ever have. And so that's where that sort of idea came from that, you know, we're not sure we're making this item, but that's not really what it's about. What it's really about is all of the things we attach to those those important items in our lives, not just jewellery, but other things, the memories, the emotional connection and, and that sort of thing. And you tuck away some secret messages inside some of them, right? Yeah, we do. I, that's actually one of our most popular designs is that, yeah, we, we put um, – you know, we stamp a little message inside the ring and it's whatever the person wants it to be. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, there's, you know, there's certain things that come up more often like, you know, the, a wedding date and things like that. But we've never actually been asked to make the exact exact same message twice and we've done hundreds of them. So it's really interesting what some pe- people will choose to put in there to give to their significant other. I'm, really I'm sure that. something's really cryptic to you that you'll never know yeah. what it actually means. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> there are some like that. They're like they're obviously something really meaningful between those two people, and nobody else will understand it, and that's great. How lovely to think of those pieces that you've created just wandering around with people, literally day in, day out for the rest of their lives. That's really, really special. Uh, so, with your business, we obviously, we'll come back to that later, but I'd like to just kind of go back in time. Um, a few years because I know that you as most people who make things do started out doing it for a hobby um, nearly a decade ago now and obviously a time came when that stopped being your hobby and started being your main income stream can you remember was there like a specific moment when you were like yes this is I, I can make this work or was it a gradual thing for you it was a gradual thing and it was actually almost pretty much accidental um, so what happened was I'd started, as you said, almost a decade ago now, which blows my mind, I'd started Ethereal as a hobby. And I did it as a hobby business for about a year and a half because I had I had a, a full-time job that gave me lots of free time and that I really enjoyed. Um, and then I, uh, I got married in the school holidays in September, which is our spring school holidays here, because I was working in education, went back to the, the place I was working and my boss, it was a tuition center. And my boss said, oh, I'm going to sell the business on, you know, do you want to buy it? So that was the first thing and took that home to my brand new minted husband. <laughs> like, here's an opportunity. What do we think? Mm. And he's like, well, is your heart in it? You know, is it what you really want to do? And I said, you know what? No, because I've been doing it for two years and I enjoy it, but my heart's not in it to make it my business. There's other things I'm, you know, that I'm passionate about and interested in. So I said, I said to my boss, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quit at the end of the year and just wrap things up. My husband's English actually is from Southampton, which is, I believe where you are. It is my hometown (laughs) and it's where I live now. That's kind of crazy that you're in Australia and he's from here, but there we are. Small, a smaller world than we often think it is. It is, it is. So he wasn't working because he was on a, you know, um, spouse visa and we thought we're going to go traveling. So we decided to 
bike a, a van and we bought a transit van and we moved in with my parents because they live in the country and had like a big shed and my dad has every tool known to humanity <laughs> and we decided to convert this van into a camper van and go traveling for a year or something and then settle down you know and get jobs and stuff so we and you know this at the same time I had this hobby business going on and I was blogging and stuff like that and what I did is like okay well we, if we're going to go on this trip I'm just going to I'm going to close this this hobby business down for, for the time we're away because we'll be having adventures. I won't have time to do it. And we converted uh, the van over the summer. But I had some medical issues, uh, nothing too scary. It was just dental issues. But they just kept coming, you know, when some one thing gets fixed, another thing needs fixing and then something else goes wrong. And it was this, on, it was this constant ongoing trial. And what it meant was that we, when we finished our camper van, we couldn't leave because I had like this appointment and then another appointment in a month's oh time. Goodness. And it was really frustrating. But I was like, well, what am I going to do with myself? Like <laughs> our project's finished. I, I you know, we want to go on this trip. And I'm like, well, I may as well just reopen my hobby, you know, my, my jewellery business and do that while we're, while we're waiting for this to all get sorted out. And I, I reopened it. And because I had nothing else to do, like literally, you know, I just was, I just dived straight in and spent like all day, every day just working on this hobby, hobby business still at this stage. And things just started taking off because I was, I had the time and I was devoting so much time and I'd already done the groundwork. You know, I'd been doing this for a year and a half. I developed some, you know, good designs and I developed a network and I developed a brand. And so things just kind of snowballed. And by the time, my teeth were fixed. <laughs> the business was going so well that we were just kind of like, well, we should just roll for roll with this and see where it goes. And the rest is history, as they say. So did you ever go traveling? Not like we planned. <laughs> 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 we have done a couple of uh, like month long trips in the van. So we've seen a lot of Australia in it, but we never did do the whole one year round Australia thing. And maybe we will one day, but we have at fast forwarding. We have a, a new house, well, not a new house, a new to us house that we finally bought last year. And honestly, we're really enjoying being in our beautiful new space. So probably not for a long time. It's, it's so <laughs> funny though how like when you say big adventure, you kind of think of one thing, and maybe the universe had a different big adventure um, lined up for you See, that, that wasn't that, that ticket around Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, what? How different is your kind of day-to-day life now then compared to what it was before you made that move? Oh, wow. So different. I mean, I, you know, the main thing for me is really the fact that I can wake up every morning and it's up to me what I do with my day. You know, obviously I have some obligations um, and with my business, you know, we have orders we have to fill and I, with my Create and Thrive business, I have um, students and I have the members of my uh, Thriver Circle group and stuff like that. But that aside, I get to choose every day exactly what, what I do, when I do it. And whenever beforehand in my you know, past life, I, I had school or university or a, a job. So there was someone else dictating my schedule and times and what I had to do when. So that's kind of, I, to me, the biggest shift. And the thing that I enjoy the most is having that self-determination over my time and my days. So practically speaking, how do you do that? How do you get done what you need to get done and make sure you don't get sucked into just sitting in front of your computer all day or in front of your silver making uh, tools? Yes. It was a learning process. I Absolutely. Uh, I have a tendency to get kind of obsessed with something for a period of time and then get then let, kind of let go of it or move on to something else. And 
so what would happen is I would get really obsessed with one part of the business and sort of neglect other things or more to the point the first year or two when I was full-time I neglected my myself my health because I was just so focused on work so over the first few years of full-time self-employment I really had to figure out how to you know how to do that how to balance not only all of my work stuff but the rest of my life so that I was living a rounded lifestyle where everything got taken care of and it really did come down to boundaries. Um, I have work hours. I have days off, like completely on the weekend where I don't even look at the, the, the internet or my email or Facebook or anything. And I, I tell people, that, you know, my students or my customers and stuff, we, we just educate them and say working hours are this and that's when you can expect to hear from me and I'll get back to you as soon as I can in that time frame. And, you know, people are cool with that if you make it really clear. And it's the best thing... I believe you can do to make sure that you're not completely getting sucked into work or pseudo work related activities, i.e. scrolling on Facebook, thinking, you know, pretending like you're working when you're really just getting distracted. Um, Not that I don't still do that occasionally. Let's be honest. Everybody does. But uh, yeah, making those boundaries and having a plan, like a plan for my day. I mean, I say I I have complete self-determination, but I actually have routines. So I have a morning routine and a, a daily routine of how I do my work and when I do certain types of work that I can, I can change it if I want to, but having a routine that just you can follow on those days where you don't want to think about anything and you just want to roll with it is really helpful. And then there are other days where you throw it all behind you and go to the beach, whatever, you know. <laughs> it's really interesting because I think a lot of um, people who have businesses, especially early on, feel like they have to be kind of on it 24 hours or they're not doing enough. And actually I found it really, really refreshing when I was, you know, reading your about page and all that stuff to to hear you say that you know I don't we go on adventures on Wednesday mornings and we don't work at the weekend and it's like well that completely goes with how you've just described your life to me on this page and actually if you're like yeah I'm here anytime you want to contact me it's like well well, there's something there which actually doesn't add up so Mm -hmm. it makes complete sense and I think it's, it's business can be such a gateway to freedom but only if you set it up in the right way right Oh, yeah. Like it can be a chain. It can be a, a worse ball and chain than any job because you're self, it's self-imposed. You know, you're, you're feeling this internal uh, pressure and stress. Um, but you and I think realizing that and actually uh, what really helped me, something that really helped me make this shift was I took my first digital sabbatical many years ago now where I literally took, I think it was only three or three days or something. And I just went offline completely for three days. And I told everyone, well, I'm doing this. And just that space, like after years and years of being on all the time to realize what it was like to not have to be on, (laughs) it just reminded me, oh, that's what life was like before all of that. And I want to feel this way regularly. And that's, that's what helped me decide to make that shift in my life. And it's really funny because I think there's a lot of people who um, teach internet marketing to small business owners and say you have to post at least once a day or you have to do xyz the truth is people are so busy they don't even notice for a few days and it's so much more important that when you show up you show up properly and not exhausted and you know that wanting to be there than it is that you just post again because you had to post again and actually you're quite resentful that you're there on a Friday night (laughs) doing, doing what you're doing 
I think that's absolutely true. You know, and I say this to my students all the time, nobody is paying as much attention to your business as you are. Like yeah. they're just not. <laughs> we we because we because we're in it all the time and it's it's our thing. We think everyone else is watching it as closely as we are, but they're not. They're, they're busy with their own lives and maybe their own businesses or their own hobbies or their children or their, their spouses or their jobs. You know, sure, you have a couple of super fans who might say, hey, where's that podcast or mm. if something's late. Or, but it's really rare even for, I think, really, really hugely popular people. You know, people, like you said, people are busy and if you aren't posting exactly the same time every day, you know, I don't think people are really going to notice. And it, like you said, it's so much more important that when you do show up, you show up with authenticity and energy and enthusiasm rather than just showing up because you feel like you should. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about this, um, all these different parts of your business and your, your life that you have. So you've got this jewellery business and you've got yes. Driver Circle, which is essentially a community of makers that you – I get the sense that you guide them rather than put yourself mm. out there as the kind of the teacher who knows everything, um, which yes. I really love. Um, and and how does that work in terms of balance, like a balance of income and a balance of time and a balance of attention? And is is it that one of them allows you to do the other? Are they pretty equal? I'm just really interested to know for um, because I know a lot of people who make things creatively that physically involves them being there to make them yeah. in the way that you do yeah. um often struggle with the income like like the, there being an income cap and I always really encourage them to think outside the box to other other um ways of generating income but also I think often there's a fear that that's going to take over and that they're going to mm -hmm. lose the the time to do the thing that they actually want to be doing so I'm just really interested to hear about how it all kind of works out with you yeah, absolutely. And let me just start with the fact that that is a relevant fear because when you do get really busy, you do run out of time, you know, to kind of play. And when you when you run a creative business, you know, you make this, for example, having the mental energy and the, and the time to actually create new things uh, can be challenging when you get busy. Uh, and I find that myself. But, yeah, to, to kind of break down how my life works, first of all, most importantly, my husband works with me in the business and he does a lot of the making now, actually. Mm. He, he probably does 80 to 90% of the actual jewellery making now. Oh, wow. And that was a long process. Like obviously the first few years I did, it, it was all me completely. And then over the time, you know, he started taking on little tasks, like he started doing the bookkeeping and then he started doing the the, the packing and the shipping for me. And, and, and it just kind of evolved to the point where we found this balance of the work that was good for him, that was, you know, he could do really well and free me. And that was the thing. By him taking those things off my shoulders, it freed me up to do other work. And that's kind of where Create and Thrive and my whole teaching uh, business was able to evolve because I had the time to do it. Whereas if I was doing absolutely everything for Ethereal, our jewellery business, I wouldn't have had much time or energy left for the rest. So there is a case of finding that balance point um and and there is a point where you are capped you know that you reach a point where you there's only so much you can do and by getting help in some way whether that's outsourcing part of your work or working with a family member or something like that it can make a huge difference so he does you know he makes most of the the wedding rings now and i'm still involved like i i, I look over every piece and we discuss 
the work and I make I pretty much make the the, the necklaces and earrings and things like that and I design uh, new stuff as well although he has ideas and, and things these days so he does that he also still does the accounting um, and he does like let's talk about our whole lives because I think that's really important he uh, over the, the kind of beginning phases he took care of the, the house and the home you know he did all the cooking and the cleaning and the shopping and all that sort of stuff which allowed me again time to work on the business and bring the money in um, so now he does more of the work on the business and I've taken up more of the work in the home that I wasn't doing previously and we found more of a balance with that so I still do all of the customer communications for both business and I do all the marketing and the website development and design for both businesses. And I do pretty much everything for the Create and Thrive business. So, you know, I, I shoot my videos, I record and edit um, the podcasts. Uh, I am interact with my students and the Thriver Circle and my e-courses. Um, I do, I pretty much do the forward planning. So I'll say, you know, these, this is a, these are the projects or the ideas I'm having and he's, you know, I'll bounce them off him and he'll be, he's a really good sounding board for, you know, is that, a, is that going to work with everything else we do and, and so on and so forth. So that's kind of how it works. And financially, uh, for a very long time, obviously, Ethereal was our main income source. Uh, the jewellery was our main income source. But over the last few years, that shifted and we still make, you know, a good amount of money from that business. But just due to the nature of digital products, you know, I have uh, e-courses, you make it once, you can sell it to however many people. Uh, my membership site, I, you know, I don't have a cap on members there. And we have, a, we have at the moment about over 500 members in there. And, you know, they, they pay a monthly fee. And uh, the workload doesn't exponentially increase by members because you're still doing the same base work it's just the interaction and the uh, admin and stuff that does increase when you have more members uh, but it's not you know it, it's not a great deal of extra work so it is manageable and still manageable to the point where you know I have a good you know work hours life outside of my work and I do usually have also a virtual assistant who helps me but there's just a, a couple of little jobs with Create and Thrive like um, helping with the community management aspect, so in the Facebook group as another person to, uh, you know, encourage and, and and guide conversation and things like my podcast show notes, which is something I hate doing for my, you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things if you out you want to outsource something, outsource the stuff you're either not good at or you don't like doing first. Um, and I hate listening back to my own podcasts and having to write notes of them because I feel like I've put all my energy into creating the actual episode and I don't want to go back over it. So I, I like getting someone else to do that. And it's really good to have someone else listen through it in case you've made a mistake or, or missed something or, you know, to give you feedback on it as well. So that's kind of how all the time stuff breaks down uh, these days. It's really interesting. And thank you for sharing that. I know from my own experience how easy it is when your business is growing and you get new opportunities and um, things grow not necessarily the things that you thought would grow sometimes grow much faster yep. than you thought they would and it's kind of natural that your um, attention gets drawn towards the things that are making the most money that's just kind of you know because you're looking at figures and these yep. you know you see what's happening but what are your kind of checks and balances that you have in place to make sure that you're still doing what you love in your business and that it's, you're not just feeding the machine that's generating the money yeah, that's a really, really good point, actually. And it's so true that you do, you know, tend to gravitate towards spending the time on the things that are bringing in the money. Uh, it, it's actually a difficult balance. And that's something that I'm always conscious of. 
in some ways, like for the jewellery business, one of the issues we have is that, and, you know, people who are just starting out might think this is terrible, but we're too busy, <laughs> i.e. We're, we're comfortably busy making the orders we're already getting. So I don't have any external uh, motivation or external pressure to make a lot of new designs because why I don't need to because we're already selling at a comfortable level. And by comfortable, we actually deliberately keep things at a certain level. Like we could sell more, but we actually don't want to because we don't need to financially and we prefer to have the extra time that we get rather than the extra money that we would get by by doubling our jewellery sales because jewellery, you know, you have to make every piece by hand. It is it is time-consuming. So we we actually are very mindful of trying to keep sales at a certain level. Um, so yeah, and, and that's one of the, that's one of my biggest challenges. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been quite a while since I've designed and, and kind of listed a new piece. So that's something that I, you know, have to make a priority if I want it to happen, because it's like, um, if you're familiar with the urgent and important matrix, yep. it's one of those, yeah, it's one of those important, but not urgent tasks. And they just, they just sit there unless you really make a conscious effort to make them happen. Another thing is a new website. So I'm, I'm going to be making um, and updating the Ethereal website uh, this month. And that's something I've had on my my plate for like a year and a half now. And <laughs> because I've just been busy with the other aspects of my business, I, it hasn't happened. And I just have to make a decision like, nope, I'm going to I'm going to make it happen this month. Come hella high water, it's going to get done. So, yeah, you have to you have to really uh, make those decisions and work out what's going to motivate you. Like, do you have to announce it to the world? Uh, do you have to put some sort of reward or or punishment incentive in place <laughs> to make sure that you get it done? Um, rewards are also, much better than punishments. <laughs> yeah, they totally are. I'm really not one for punishments. But also the thing is, the problem for me is it's not like I love what I'm spending my time on. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm being deprived of doing something else I love because I'm loving what I'm doing. So... <laughs> You know, it, it, I have to give up spending time on one thing I'm enjoying to do something else I enjoy. And so there's not that sort of motivation. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is a good problem. Awesome. Well, seeing as you have this um, community um, that ask you questions yes. all the time, um, maybe you can share a bit about what the majority of people tend to get stuck on um, when they're quite early on in really trying to um, flourish as a creative um, person probably with a business I'd imagine most of them um, you know this isn't just about business but just you know where people get stuck when they're trying to move into a new kind of way of living which you know is, is as much about how your life is as well as how you earn your money yep uh, two things lack of self-confidence or self-belief and a lack of time or time management. So those tend to be the two huge barriers that people have to overcome. Uh, mostly, you know, in in my community, in the creative community in general, especially those who are moving from having a hobby to a business, it's just that that not believing in themselves, not believing that their work is good enough, not believing that they can actually do this, not believing they have the business skills. Um, those sorts of things are a huge limitation. And time, you know, everybody's busy, and I think what a lot of people, when they when they make a decision or start investigating this idea of starting a business, they have absolutely no idea about how much work it is and how long it will take <laughs> and how much they have to learn in order to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so people get really discouraged 
when things aren't happening straight away. You know, they're not making sales straight away or they're not making heaps of money straight away or their their shop isn't ready in, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> it's this idea that you have to be incredibly patient and you have to be in it for the long run and you have to realise that, um, you know, unless you already have a business background or business skills, there's an enormous learning curve for the first, I'd say, first few years before you really get to the point where things are rolling uh, and and rolling on. And there's an enormous amount of time you have to dedicate to the learning phase that takes you away from the making. And the making for a lot of these these people in these situations, that's, you know, that's what they love and that's what they're, that's where they're coming from is the, this love of creating something and they want to share it with the world. And then they get frustrated because they don't have as much time anymore to make the stuff because they're too busy working on the business side. So that time is the hugest problem that I see people facing. Mm. And it's interesting because the time, the time piece, I think, can to some extent be learned if, you know, as long as you actually put the things mm. you learn into place. And um, essentially, <laughs> it comes down to just choosing how you spend your time prioritizing the way things. Right? But um, and the business stuff, although you're right, it does take time, it can be learned. But what about the self-confidence thing, do you think? What do you tell people? Uh Look, I, you know, it's it's especially challenging when people are surrounded by close family and friends who aren't supportive and that can be a huge issue. And really, you know, I, it's the old what's the worst that can happen, I think. You know, it's like what what are you afraid of? What's the actual fear there? What What's the thing that you're thinking in the back of your head? Is it that people will, like, laugh at you? Is it that people will um, – be negative uh, towards your stuff or towards your work or, you know, and, and those are huge fears that people have that is, is are holding them back. And I, I often say, you know, when people are afraid to put their stuff out there, and this is really common, people will start a business and then not tell any of their real life family or friends about it because it's, they're too scared. Like they just don't feel like people are going to take them seriously. And, you know, it's, it's really frustrating for them and saddening when that happens and unfortunately you know that's one of those things where there's no easy answer and there's no magic bullet because until you believe in yourself you can't expect other people to believe in yourself and it's it's that self-work and that really looking at yourself and what you really want and you know if the motivation is strong enough you'll break through it eventually because you have to you know if that if there's that that warm feeling that inside you that's just saying I I really want to do this I really need to do this and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through whatever barriers it's that they talk about grit you know it's Mm. it's going past and moving through any challenges or barriers because to me this is important and valuable and so I'm going to do it no matter what anybody else thinks and uh, you know finding that grit within ourselves is something we have to do for ourselves and but that being said I think Um, community is really important and support in some way. So if you can't find it in your immediate circle, go find it. Go find a community of people who understand. Go find people who will support you and uh, be your cheerleaders and your champions and help you because having that will really help you make that progress as well. Absolutely. And and like you um, referenced there as well, just getting really clear on why it matters to you, I think makes a really big difference Mm -hmm. because we can do extraordinary things when we're really focused on why it matters i think yes if, if you if you're quite vague about why you want to do something then it's very easy to go you know what that's going to be too difficult um but when you're just you know 
super invested in what it is you want to make happen, then you can you can burst through a lot of barriers, I think. And sometimes yeah. just, you know, like just really without, um, sometimes I think you can overthink it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you, there's times when talking to everyone is really, you know, talking to specific people is really important. And that's why, you know, the internet is so amazing um, for mm-hmm. connecting people who, have similar fears and similar dreams and, you know, <laughs> able to support each other, which is really awesome. Um, and also, I think sometimes just going for it and just going, this matters, one life, let's do this yes. thing. Um, that can really, really help. Awesome. So I'm yeah. really interested to know, I mean, you obviously host your own podcast, which I was mm-hmm. um, delighted <laughs> to be a guest on not long ago. I really, That's really great. enjoyed talking to you. Um, from all the conversations that you've had, what do you think you've learned from the guests that you've had on your show? Oh, my gosh. that. You know, that there is endless possibility out there and that anybody can do what they put their mind to in the right circumstances, uh, you know. And, I, you know, I really feel incredibly lucky to be born where I was born in the time that I was born and have this opportunity. You know, like you said, the internet, 20 years ago or whatever it was when I discovered the internet, I fell in love. It was a love affair and I fell in love with the internet and fell in love with making websites and had this dream but it was so far in the back of my mind. It's like, gosh, wouldn't it be nice one day if I could make money from the internet, like have make a living from the internet somehow? But like, ha, huh, you know, this is the mid nineties. That's never going to happen. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, coder or something. Fast forward, here we are, and here are so many other people who are with this, this amazing medium, this way of connecting with other people have been, have managed to kind of realize dreams that they've had for themselves and for their lives. And, you know, there's never been a better time to just go for whatever dream you have, because chances are there'll be other people out there who'll have the same dream and you can kind of run with it together. I think it's so funny that um, often we look around and and you're right, so many people are doing it these days. And that can be quite overwhelming, thinking, well, there's not mm. enough room for me. And also, because of the way algorithms work, you tend to get shown more of what you like, right, on Facebook mm. and things like that. So yes. it suddenly feels like everybody is doing the things that you're interested in. But the truth is that we have not even scratched the surface with what is possible mm. with the internet and and people the way that people use it you know there's a very tiny percentage of the population is very hot (laughs) on how they use um the internet for learning and for selling and for buying and all those things but it really is the still the minority and that's really exciting for everybody because there is room for everybody yeah that's absolutely true everybody has their own story and their own perspective and their own things to teach and share and you know, put out there into the world. There's, and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. That there's enough, you know, there's enough pie to go around, and you shouldn't ever feel like because someone else is doing something similar that you can't do it. In fact, in marketing or in business, that's a good proof of concept. If other people are being successful doing something similar to what you want to do, then there's room for you too because there's a market for it. So yeah, definitely don't let that hold you back. It's so true. And I'm, it makes me happy to know that there's people like you supporting people who are, you know, really <laughs> trying to um, make a living from the thing that they love, which is, you know, the world would be a better place if more people were doing that. So um, I love talking to you. I'd just like to finish with one last question, which is what does freedom mean to you and why is it so very important? 
Well, I believe that we only have one life and that we should live it in a way that is true to ourselves and the things that we care about and that are important to us. And to me, freedom is the ability to do exactly that and to be in charge of my own life and in charge of my time and in charge of what I can offer and put out into the world and know that, you know, I, I've I've said this to my close family and friends that, um, you know, there's one song I want played at my funeral and it's Satisfied Mind by Jeff Buckley. And if you've ever heard that song, you know what I'm talking about. And he talks about that, you know, sure, you can have money, sure, you can have you know, all these other things. But what really matters is having a satisfied mind because that's what really makes life happy and enjoyable. And for me, freedom is the ability to, you know, arrange my life in the way that allows me to have a satisfied mind. Amen to that. Thank you so much for your time today, Jess. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Beth. I've loved it. So that's it for this time. You've been listening to me, Beth Kempton, in conversation with Jess Van Den. You can find out more about Jess's community for makers at thrivercircle.com or take a look at her gorgeous jewellery on ethereal.com. That's E-P-H-E-R-I-E-L-L.com. 